from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. But I always make sure to have a link to the list of award recipients so they can see that right off the bat. So success kind of breeds success here. A- absolutely. I, when, when, if, we're, if we're talking gossip, and, and John just mentioned Stephen Sondheim, when I was driving him back from the airport, he said, you know, I don't travel anymore. He said, but when I looked at that list and I saw all the writers that were on there, he said, I wanted to be part of that list. If we can whittle it down to three, that's great. But the last couple of years, we've, we've, we haven't been able to get under six, which makes for an enormous amount of reading to just get that number down. And then we hash it out. I'm Sarah Fenske. Tomorrow, Zadie Smith will be a guest on this show. And I'm not just telling you that so you can mark your calendars or because I'm terribly excited about interviewing one of my literary idols. No, I mention this because it's just one example of the high-powered literary guests that St. Louis University brings to this city year after year after year. From Salmon Rushdie to Chinua Achebe to Arthur Miller, the St. Louis Literary Award has been bringing authors, playwrights, and poets to this city since 1967, and it's made their visits accessible not only to students and staff, but to the city. John Wade is St. Louis University's archivist emeritus. He published a book last year, The History of the St. Louis Literary Award. He told our producer Evie Hemphill that Adelaide Schlafly was a key person in getting this award started. She was married to Dan Schlafly Sr., who in 1967 became the first lay president of SLU's Board of Trustees. Adelaide had been asked to raise money for SLU's library, and that effort led to the creation of the Library Associates Group. Members pay a fee and they also sponsor the St. Louis Literary Award. Except for two years, at least, that I've been able to, to find, the Literary Award event is, is open, it's free, and it's always been open to the public. And the two years that there was a, quote, a charge for it, I think it was like $2 for the general public and a dollar for students. For archivist John Wade, a memorable year was 2009. Honoree Salmon Rushdie was living under a fatwa, which created security concerns around his visit. But John Wade also remembers Stephen Sondheim's visit in 2018. The university had arranged for a group of, of, uh, of local high school and university students to, uh, to do some of his songs on the stage at, at, the, at the Sheldon. And I... I wasn't aware of it at the time, but although I knew that they were going to bring Sondheim back to the back of the, of the Sheldon, where the student performers couldn't see him, uh, but because he had met them uh, beforehand, he watched the performance that, that these young people did, uh, and I was told later that he, he was moved to tears by it. And that is archivist emeritus John Wade. It's some remarkable history around this award. And joining us now with a bit of context and also some hype is Edward Iber, better known as Ted. He's the executive director of the St. Louis Literary Award programs for St. Louis University Libraries. Ted, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Zadie Smith comes to town later this week. I don't know that I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this? You know, I'm I'm ready to an extent, but there is definitely a moment of 
of uh, low-level panic right before these writers come in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of feeling that right now. You're in that moment of panic. I am, I am in that moment of panic. And she's kind of getting in a little bit later than our writers typically get in, get in like afternoon of the actual ceremony. She's so cutting it close at a time is. when the airlines are screwed up. So I is know. that a, a big source of anxiety? It is. Uh, <laughs> and I think she's flying American. So it's oh a little boy. bit more of uh, anxiety. Oh, on my boy. End. <laughs> okay. Now I'm anxious for you. I got to ask, though, how do you go about persuading somebody as in demand as Zadie Smith to come from New York or London or, or California, come to St. Louis? Yeah. You know, it's it, uh, when, when people look at the list of award winners, that is all it takes. I mean, I definitely write a letter. I write a personal letter to usually the agent. Um, Sometimes the writer responds directly. Sometimes it's the agent. But I always make sure to have a link to the list of award recipients so they can see that right off the bat. So success kind of breeds success here. A- absolutely. I, when when if we're if we're talking gossip, and and John just mentioned Stephen Sondheim, when I was driving him back from the airport, he said. You know, I don't travel anymore, he said, but when I looked at that list and I saw all the writers that were on there, he said, I wanted to be part of that list. Uh, he said, so So it wasn't really much of, of, of a thought to decide whether or not I was coming. He said, I made <laughs> my decision immediately. And true to form, I think by the time that letter went out, uh, I received a response from him within an hour. Wow. That was, so you that was a record a quick... for me. Yeah. Do you ever have people turn you down? Uh, I have not since I've been in this position, but um, there, there was – I was told uh, that 2017 recipient Margaret Atwood had been offered the uh, – she, she had been um, – she was going to be given the award in 20, or 1919 – or 1999, and she apparently turned it down. Now, I brought that up to her in 2017, and she said, you know – I have no idea. Interesting. She said that must have been a call on my agent's part, she said, because I don't remember it at all. Fire that agent. I know. So you mentioned Margaret Atwood, and I understand that her visit here was a particularly memorable one, not just for you, but for everybody who caught her address. What happened with that? When she came, um, this was right uh, after the Jason Stockley verdict. Mm -hmm. And so the city was very much on edge. And I picked her up from her hotel. We were going to um, a dinner that evening. And uh, the dinner was starting in about 30 minutes before I picked her up. And we were standing outside my car, and she said, can you give me a little background on the history of St. Louis? Oh, boy. <laughs> I said, <laughs> well, all right. I said, we've got about 25 minutes. And she said, well, more specifically, can you fill me in a little bit about what's been going on politically yeah. here? And she said, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, the Stockley issue? And, and this, said, of course, was yeah. a cop who'd been found not guilty um, of, of murdering somebody. Correct. Um, so protests breaking out across the city. Right. So she and I stood out there and we chatted and she's asking rapid fire questions. And I'm starting to get buzzes, buzzes on my, my phone. And I'm not looking because I don't want to be rude, but I know exactly what, who it was from. It was from the people who were expecting her at this dinner. And I took a quick glance at my watch. We were already five minutes late and we hadn't even left yet. And I finally had to say, Margaret, can we continue the conversation in the car? And I said, I will fill you in as much as possible. Well, let me just say, I know that she stayed up that night. She did a lot of research online. And she wrote just an amazing speech that was just the antidote 
that packed house needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, people when she was done with her acceptance speech, uh, and you can see this online, the Sheldon really erupted. Yeah. And you know what? We'll make sure to get that up on our Twitter. I feel like this is just an important thing. That's at STL on air um, if you want to check this out. What a moment. I mean, I'm sure you come into some of these authors with trepidation. Margaret Atwood seems so smart. I would be terrified to try to give her the history of St. Louis. But she she wrote this speech. She didn't have to write. She didn't. And found a way to connect with this city. It was remarkable. And the other thing that that I think took a lot of us by surprise was that she's incredibly funny. Uh, that, that was something I didn't expect. And she wasn't just funny on stage, but one of the perks of this job is getting to spend uh, a lot of time with the writers. And she had me in stitches every single time we were mm-hmm. together. I couldn't believe how funny she is because while her books definitely have elements of humor in them, it is not necessarily the the, the driving force behind these yeah. books. It's like, not, not what at all. she's known for. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever, um, you know, you come in, you're anxious about one of these guys, and, and they turn out to be just a terrifying person in real life? Uh, not at all. I, I was kind of expecting it um, initially when we'd reached out to Sondheim, and I'd guaranteed our, our, our selection committee there was no way he was going to accept, you know, and he made record time in accepting. Um, he could not have been kinder, mm-hmm. um, uh, more down to earth. Uh, I think when he told he told me in in one of our car rides, he said he said Ted, do you uh, how do you how do you feel about Radiohead? And He's I said you about he Radiohead? asked me about Radiohead. I said, well, actually, Radiohead's one of my favorite bands. He said, you know, mine too. That's I, wow. I love Radiohead. He's finding that common ground. I said, oh my god, I wish I knew Tommy York just to pass that on because yeah. it's just so great. So he's cool. So most of these guys have been every, all of these guys. Every single one of them that I have had the opportunity to to meet up with have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't say enough about them. And and the fact that they will pose with me outside my v, with uh, my VW Beetle. Uh, is pretty classic as well. That is, uh, that's an amazing moment right there. It's like right. this car has driven greatness. I, it really has. I gotta ask though. I mean, you're at this point where you can get just about anybody, and that's clear from the list of people you're getting, and, and indeed how fast they're responding. How do you guys go about deciding who gets this award on any given year? So people can can submit their suggestions, and we we do that every year at the Sheldon when we have this uh, this event. And so we get a lot of suggestions. We certainly generate suggestions ourselves. Um, uh, we get suggestions from from people around the Salute campus, but then we narrow it down. So we start with a large list, sometimes as many as 50 people. Um, we narrow it down to generally a dozen, and then we have start having some real serious discussions about about who is deserving, who connects with our mission statement, and how we're going to whittle that list down. And we try to get it to you know, if we can whittle it down to three, that's great. But the last couple of years, we've we've we haven't been able to get under six which makes for an enormous amount of reading to just get that number down. So what? You read their books and and decide who's truly meritorious. Yeah, we agree on which books we're going to read. And we're going to also do our due diligence and and look at, um, you know, go on YouTube and look at at talks they've given, Mm -hmm. uh, read interviews that they've done. Uh, You know, many of them have our... Um, have are contributing writers to various magazines. So we really try to get as much information as we can on each of the writers. And then we hash it out. Um, over the last couple of years, it's been both virtually and in person as far as the group meetings go. But 
Um, I bet that's so much fun. I'd it, love to be a fly on that wall. It is fun. It is. And you mentioned you're looking for people who fit that mission statement. What is that mission statement? Well, I am glad you asked because I'm going to read it because my memory is just brutal. It says, the St. Louis Literary Award recognizes a living writer with a substantial body of work that has enriched our literary heritage by deepening our insight into the human condition and by expanding the scope of our compassion. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on a little bit more. But those those are the things that we're looking for most specifically. And I can't think of anyone who does it quite as well as Zadie Smith. Yeah, she's just, she's amazing. And I'm even going to bring that up in my in my comments uh, at the Sheldon. Yeah, I mean, her work is just, oh, I'm so excited that you're bringing her in. Um, and I have to say, it's not just about this one night or these couple days that they're here. This right. is something that the St. Louis University campus is involved with in a long, long-term relationship with. Tell us just a bit about some of the other things going into the Zadie Smith year. It's true. We've really expanded our programming uh, connected under the Literary Award umbrella. So we have our campus read, which is, uh, which used to be the first year common read. Many universities have them around the country. We expanded ours to be open not only to the university community, but the 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 international community. Mm-hmm. So anyone who wants to join us with our university's uh, virtual campus reads, we being by being virtual, we can have speakers from all over the world. Uh, participate in those, and which has been great. We sponsored the Undergraduate Writing Award, which is a creative writing award uh, given in either creative nonfiction, fiction, or poetry. Each year we rotate. Uh, we sponsor the Walter J. On Graduate Research Award in English. Uh, we have an art competition that's open to both high school students and university students all over the region called the Inspired by Art Showcase, and that connects to our campus readbook. This year it's Zadie Smith's Grand Union an amazing collection of short stories. Um, so students have to show thematically how their art, whether it's performance art, literary art, uh, visual art, connects to some theme in uh, from Grand Union. Um, we have uh, a, a podcast called Craft Talks at St. Louis University where I get to talk to writers and, and artists and educators about their world vision and their process in creating their art. And... Uh, and we also had this amazing program that was started 10 years ago called Literature and Medicine, where um, w- uh, the Literature and Medicine series explores the vocation of medicine and healthcare through the lens of literature, both fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. It's a really unique, one-of-a-kind program that has a long waiting list of doctors and, and other people connected to the SLU Med Center. Uh, waiting to get in. Well, this is such a remarkable program. And I got to say, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of money that goes into this. There's a lot of energy that goes into this. In our final minute here, I mean, what makes this a priority where people are continuing to put these resources into these great authors and, and connecting with them? Well, I think for one, the history of the program um, is significant to um, St. Louis University. It's been going since 1967. And and really, the, the genesis of the program dates all the way back to 1963. Um, so, for one, we want to we want to honor that history, um, but also just again, when you look at the the amazing writers who we bring in, who are part of the you know the the canon that we read in at both the university level and the high school level, and certainly that um, that adults love to read as well, it is really a, a, a who's who of of some of the greatest writers of the twentieth and twenty first centuries. Um, so, I mean, really, if you've got it already. How would you not want to keep it going and, and, and try to improve on it year after year? Well, Ted Iver, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. It has been my pleasure. 
This episode was produced by Evie Hemphill with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.